0: in today's show. I'm gonna look at the fantasy playoffs. What about the dates, what do they mean? When should we finish, when should we start? Analyze who was good, who wasn't, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. So we look at the fantasy playoffs and look at four different date ranges, starting from my recommended date range, which was starting February the twenty seventh and ending on March the nineteenth all the way through to the crazy people who ended on April the 9th, the final day of the regular season. And everyone bitched and moaned and complained. The playoffs, it doesn't reward the best team in the regular season. My number one response to that is, who cares, to a degree, right? That's, if you want to have it so that the best team gets rewarded, don't have playoffs. Simple as that, right? That's that's how you do it. You don't have a playoffs, you just play it like you're playing in the Premier League or any other soccer league around the world. You finish on top, you win. That doesn't have to be Roto, it can still be head-to-head. So that complaint, I don't really care about that much. What I do care about is the tanking shenanigans that go on where multiple influential players come out of nowhere, where you might have significant chunks of the influential players be guys who are just waiver wire scraps there's always going to be injuries real injuries where you add players and those added players make impacts but the good players taking off half of the games 33 of the games because their seeding is settled the bad teams fake injuring players and then picking randoms up to play is the thing that i think ruins the fun a little bit of fantasy and that's why i want to end my season there now you'll see As we go, March 19th. As you see, as we go through this, each week that you push it towards the end of the season, the less the regular season reflects what happens in fantasy. There's still going to be plenty of fluctuations, and a lot of the fluctuations we see are because of legitimate injuries. But the longer you go into the season, the more it becomes um, situations where the good players are reduced, and it ends up being who can I get that is possibly going to be a sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth seed who are pushing everything in for the final three weeks. Because that's really what it was. If you were too good, you sack guys. If you were bad, you'd sack guys. And you'll see that when we get to that end end situation. So, and analyzing all of this reinforces a lot of what I thought. It's not as bad as people made out. People were claiming everyone's sitting, everything's a disaster, no one's playing, it ruins everything, that's bullshit. Um... It reinforces that I think that ending on March 19th, or the equivalent date, is still the correct decision. In my mind, I think that's 100% the correct decision. And that's, that's you know, from analyzing these numbers, I, I think that that's true. And it's also true, the longer you go, the worse it gets. Those are the three things I wanted to test. And I think, and you'll see when we go through this, I think that they were proven. Were they proven to a scientific standard? I've got no idea, because I didn't prove it that way. But I think that we'll find that, that those ideas that I had played out. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Haha. Because I can't laugh because my voice is a bit cracky. So is my th- chest. Um, let's look at my playoffs. Week 19 to 21. If you like weak numbers, I don't. I hate them. But I know the majority love you. Love talking weak numbers. I hate it. So this is ending March 19th starting february the 27th this is when i would suggest to start fantasy playoffs we'll have a new date of course next season when we know those dates but this is the area that i look at to try and minimize shut down fake injuries to try and minimize top seeds resting so i'm going to do three slides here for uh, this time period and what we're going to look at in this time period is the top 12 players during these playoffs on a for category leagues Points there, guys, it's going to roughly adjust. Like, obviously, you'll get Luca and Giannis pushing higher, but just in general, the same sort of pattern appears. This is for Category Leagues. It's the bulk of my audience. It's the vast bulk of the audience who's watching at this point of the season as well. So, that's what we're going to do. Um, weeks 19 to 21, the number one player in total value Category Leagues over that time was Joel Embiid. So, if you are watching here on YouTube, you've got the top 12 players. The number in parentheses next to their name is their season-long per-game ranking up to the beginning of the playoffs. So where did they rank per game from the 18th of October to the 26th of February? So Embiid was first in this fantasy playoffs, second up until this point. The second player in these fantasy playoffs, which shocked me was. Because he's my Butler. Yeah, Jimmy Butler was second. He was 19th per game prior to this, second here. And this is intriguing because in this time period, Only one team had 12 playoff games. That one team was the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat were in a unique situation where they were fighting for their seed to keep themselves out of the plane. And Butler played all 12 games. Don't get that too often. There were three back-to-backs. He played all of those. He played every game. So the benefit of drafting him if you are in this situation because of the schedule worked out perfectly for you. I wouldn't recommend that as a strategy because you're relying upon Jimmy Butler to stay healthy to play the most games over a three-week period. But he did it, and it worked out. The third-ranked player in this time was Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Big, big Chungus, big Chungus, big Chungus, big, big... Jokic was the number one player all season, for the whole entirety of the season. But he was not the number one player at any point over any of these four. Fantasy playoff timeframes. Still, it doesn't matter. Like, if you picked him one, he was third. Who cares? That's still really good. And they had a stinking schedule at some point in the year as well, which we'll talk about. There was one period where he was quite bad, but he was still fine. Lillard was seventh for the season. He was fourth in these playoffs. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Lillard a little bit later. But he, you avoided bullshit if you had Lillard, the fourth best player during these playoffs. Sabonis was fifth. He was 13th. Brook Lopez was sixth. Huh. How did Brook Lopez get six? Well, the Bucs had 11 games and he was able to push up and be that high. The other guy that jumped up here was Sabonis, but the Kings only had 10 games over this three-week period. period. So it's not a schedule thing. That's just he played well. Devin Booker was seventh. He was 39th. This was the KD out, all our depth has been traded situation. Booker going crazy. He was seventh and the Suns had nine games over this three-week period. I don't think I'm proving and I didn't set out to prove this, but I don't think I'm proving that ignore playoff schedule when drafting. But yeah, because the Jimmy Butler, 12 games is great. But Devin Booker jumped up 32 spots playing nine games over three weeks. 3-3-3 schedule. Sabonis had 10 games. Two games less than the max. It's not good, is it? I think again, with so many guys who, again, towards the fantasy playoffs, the longer you push them as well, Guys are going to be sitting random games that the, for the fantasy schedule, the playoff schedule, it becomes less and less important, I think. Bam Adebayo, like Jimmy Butler, 8th. He was 25th heading into this. Now, that is a schedule one. He played 12 games, all 12 of them. Unique situation, playing all games, all back-to-backs because the Heat was still struggling for seeding. Van Vliet was ninth. He was 33rd leading up to this. The Raptors had um, 10 games, so not a particularly strong schedule, but he was flying at this point. Trey Young was tenth. He was twenty-second leading up to this. They had ten games. Bradley Beal, tank legend, Bradley Beal, who was thirty-seventh leading up to here, was eleventh in this time frame. You'll notice Bradley Beal probably not going to appear in any other spots. They had eleven games during this spot. And then Jim Harden, who was tenth per game, was twelfth in total value over this time frame. They played eleven games. The Sixers, so Embiid and Harden had eleven games. They didn't play eleven games. They both played ten. During this time frame. So I think. You get that little boost from Bam. And from Butler there. Who really got the schedule boost. Everyone else. Not that interesting. The fantasy playoff schedule didn't really mean much. You've got a few random guys stepping up. But nothing. Nothing outrageous. I don't think there. I don't think anyway. We'll get back to more. On that first week playoff schedule in a second. But today's episode. Is brought to you by the Game Time app. You might be getting tickets. To a playoff game. NBA playoffs. It might be music that you want to go see. It might be comedy. It might be theater. And you want to make sure you get the best tickets at the best price. So you don't have to start stressing about getting the tickets. They're just there for you on the GameTime app. They have the flash deals. They've got the last-minute tickets. It's so easy to find and buy the seats. You get a view from the seat. Check, click on it and say, hey, look, that's what I'm going to be able to see from this position. Don't worry about planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. They have flash deals as well. Football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, whatever. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price and if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the GameTime app, create an account and use the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. You can also go to gametime.co and do that. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So let's look at these are the top 20 per-game players who I didn't just mention, who weren't first-round guys during the, these fancy playoffs. And let's see what happened to them. Durant was third. He was 184th. We know Durant had the knee injury and ankle injury over this time frame. Shea was fourth, but 46th in these playoffs. Not a schedule thing. They had 11 games, but Shea was dealing with his own, um, his own injury that he was able to come back from. Steph Curry was 22nd in this time frame. He was 5th leading up to this. They had a good schedule, 11 games. Anthony Davis was 6th leading up to it, ended up 18th. Luka Doncic was 8th. Hmm. But he was 148th during this time frame because Doncic played just 5 games. Can't predict that injury, can you? Um, Jason Tatum, who was 9th, ended up being 14th during these playoffs. This is where some of the annoyance comes in. This is probably the only one that this time frame missed out on. and That's Tyrese Halliburton, who was 11th on a per-game basis, but 106th during this time frame, playing just four games. Four games only. That is, it's really frustrating. There was an ankle injury that was real in there, I, I believe, but it also was the beginning of the fakeness from the way that the um, Pacers were handling things. So that one hurt. Now, last season, even though they were tanking, they played Halliburton all the way through. So when we went to draft, we didn't think the Pacers were going to be necessarily sitting him, you know, extremely aggressively starting off. We we didn't know that. He played up until the 9th of March, and then he played just two more random games, a back-to-back, no less, in between. So, yeah, that's obviously not great. And he missed your final week and a half of um, fantasy playoffs if you were in this time period. But otherwise, he was playing most of the time through. Of course, everything was significantly worse if you played your playoffs later on. But the Pacers one was an L. Kyrie was forty-second, 47th. He was 12th heading into this. He had an ankle injury, I think, at that point. Donovan Mitchell, 59th despite coming in as 14th, and you'll see all the way through these timeframes, Mitchell just struggled down the stretch. LeBron was 15th, but he didn't play at all during this period. That's injury related, can't do anything about that. Porzingis ended up being 19th, but was 16th. So that's actually a huge W. That just means that Porzingis played and we so many people avoided him because he was going to get shut down or he was going to get hurt. Lowry Markkinen was 107th over this timeframe. Now, Markkinen was did have a legitimate injury during this time. He played seven games. He was 17th leading into these fantasy playoffs, but he played just seven games over this time period. Now, they did exaggerate this injury a little bit, sitting him out down the stretch, but he played just seven out of the Jazz's eight games. Now, you'll notice that this is not a tanking injury situation. This is they just had a terrible schedule. They played eight games only. So that one hurt, right? Playing only eight Again, you look at it though, like Booker played nine games, was seventh. The Jazz played eight, Markin was 107. So he didn't play particularly well during that time. But that schedule hurt him. He missed one game, uh, a random game against the Thunder in the middle there. But he played every other game during this time frame. And then basically as soon as that week ended, that's when shit hit the fan for Marken So this is not the beginning of a tank. This was a schedule thing. Paul George was 18th and he was 31st during this time frame. The, um, the Clippers only had nine games, so that hurt him. And the same with Kawhi moving from 20th down to 33rd. But I think what's also important there is that nine games, I think it was a 3-3-3 that they had. It might have been a 2-4-3. A, a I'm not sure. But it didn't hurt them that much. Their per game went from 18th to 31st or 20th to 33rd. Um, no, that's not, like, that's not a big drop-off based on playoff schedule. Like if you're avoiding them for playoff schedule, that's not a big loss. That's turning them from back end second to back end third. You lost a round of value. Is that the end of the world? Mm. Don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't think it is. Well, the market ones obviously a worry, but those Clippers ones are not really. And the last thing I want to look at is other players who were top 30 players during the fantasy playoffs who were who improved at least 30 spots and were outside the top 50. So Mikhail Bridges was 13th. He was 52nd heading into the fantasy playoffs. So obviously a big step up for him. The trade, you can't really do much about that. Tyrese Maxey went from 125th to 16th. Just a gigantic leap. Don't think we really could have seen that coming, but he was awesome. Markel Fultz went from 78th to 17th. The Bronco, Jalen Williams, went from 112th to 20th. Broncos country, let's ride. Jakob went from 66 to 26. Clay Thompson went from 71 to 27. And Josh Giddy went from 65 to 30. So one thing I'll notice there is that all of those teams were in playoff seeding type battles. Maybe not the Sixers so much. And the Magic, oh, actually the Magic was not, but Bridges and the Nets, yes. The Thunder and Jalen Williams and Josh Giddey, yes. Clay Thompson, the Warriors, yes. Jakob and the Raptors, yes. And they were pushing through. But they had big improvements. Some of that trade-related, Pirtle, Bridges. Some of that just improvement as a rookie, Jalen Williams. And second-year improvement, Josh Giddy. But very importantly, not one top 100 player during these fantasy playoffs was a player who benefited from tanking. Not one player was a top 100 guy. And that is the only time I'm going to say this as we move forward. So let's look at week 20 to 22. That's pushing and finishing... Your season um, at you know one week later, obviously. So instead of finishing March 19th, it's finishing on March 26th. So we're starting on the 6th of March through the 26th of March. The number one player, you can see those numbers there. Embiid was first. Jokic was second. Curry was third. Sabonis fourth. Butler fifth. The Heat had a um, 10 game schedule, so this is not because they benefited massively. Now this in this time frame in this period. Um, the most games was 11. There was a lot of teams playing 10 and the Clippers played eight with a handful of teams playing nine. So Butler was just playing really well. I've wrote his name as, it looks like red. No, it's Fred. Fred Van Vliet was sixth coming in from 32nd. The Raptors didn't have the strongest schedule. They were 10 games. Trey Young at seventh. Pretty good from him. They had the most, equal most games with about eight other teams. Um, Porzingis at eighth. Pretty impressive stuff from Porzingis. To step all the way up there. Brooke Lopez at ninth. Wow. He had just an amazing run here. He was 51st heading into this. Shea was 10th, so we saw last time he wasn't that good in that last playoffs. This one, back to 10th, right on. Devin Booker 11th and Jaron Jackson 12th. Grizzlies had 11 games. That's the equal most. The Suns, still ninth, Still not ninth, 9 games only. Yet Booker was able to push through that. And again, if you avoided because just that run of, I think they went nine, uh, so three, 3 3 3 across four weeks he had the Suns. Didn't impact Devin Booker at all. He put up great numbers. If we look at the rest of the top um, 20 and how they fared, well, Durant didn't play. This is where the Lillard shutdown starts. So Lillard is 35th over this time. So you got some games, but obviously he didn't play the final two weeks or so of this. Uh, Anthony Davis was 27th. James Harden, this is where the Achilles injury flared up for him. He was 123rd. Doncic missed a bunch bunch of time. He was 133rd. Jason Tatum was 42nd. Celtics had a good schedule. He just missed. I think he missed a couple of games or did he shoot poorly? I think, no, I think just shot poorly. Um, Halliburton, there we go, 111th. The tank is on for him. Kyrie, 74th, ankle injury. Donovan Mitchell just struggled, 56th. LeBron played one game during this period. He was 348th. Kawhi was 45th. They played eight games there. So that's, it's not a disaster. Look, again, that's a bad schedule. Eight games in a playoff three-week period is bad. But he was 45th. That's not... It's not an absolute disaster. Paul George was 122nd. That is not great, but that is when he got injured. This is when he hurt his knee. I and mean, you can't really plan for that, can you? And Larry Markinen, this is when the tank started to kick in. The Jazz only had nine games, but he also started missing time here through the fake injuries. So he was, um, um, he was uh, 83rd over this playoff period. Now, if we have a look at some other interesting players that are worth highlighting during this time, Trey Murphy was 13th in these fantasy playoffs. He went from 120th. This is Zion out, of course, which was all season, but this is them realizing that Trey Murphy was good, playing him 40 minutes a night as they tried to keep themselves in a situation where they didn't have to play in the play-in. Try to predict who's going to be in the play-in and in this situation when you're doing fantasy drafts in the preseason is basically an impossible task. And if you spend so much time making your draft decisions based on this, you won't make the playoffs because Trey Murphy was bad for a big stretch of time. And then step right up, right up here. Same goes with his teammate, which I think is worth highlighting. Jonas Valanciunas. Before these playoffs, Valanciunas was 93rd per game. He was 19th in total value. They just started playing him more. Capella was 20th. Josh Giddy 22nd. Derek White 23rd, and he was 116th before that. Karis LeVert was 24th over these playoffs. The and Draymond Green 30th. Again, LeVert on and off waiver wires all season. This was a really strong stretch. Hopefully, you were able to rack quick enough to add him, but nothing to do with fake injuries or tanking or anything like that around this time. Just interesting production. But we did see some bullshit start to appear. Not only was there the Halliburton and Markkanen and Lillard shutdowns that took place during these playoffs, but TJ McConnell was 84th in total value because Halliburton got shut down. Jordan Nawara was 91st in value because Miles Turner got shut down. Who was the other one that got shut down? Buddy Heald was marginalized. Corey Joseph was 97th in total value because Bojan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks got shut down. So Corey Joseph was a viable player during these playoffs. So that's not huge. That's not massive amounts, but we see some top players falling off and some stinkers pushing up all through fakeness, which is the thing we want. There are always going to be injuries. So, you know, when we look at this, Xavier T. Illman, right, is in the top 100 during these, these playoffs. But that's not fakeness. That's because Steven Adams and Brandon Clark were hurt. Nothing to do with tanking or things you can avoid. That would happen at any point in the season. So that's not worth including when he was like 70th over this time frame. So Oh, we can't play because look at Tillman now being a useful player. That's, in- that's injuries. You can't change that. This is the avoidable stuff that we try to avoid. The Don't know why I just hit that. That was silly. Um, we will get into the next bunch in a second because that's what we do. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Every day of the NBA playoffs and the NBA Finals, one Prize Picks user will get a chance to become a millionaire. You play the Price Picks game like usual. Every day, one entry that's placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will randomly will be randomly selected every day, and. When you Whoever place that entry will get a six-pick flex with the following payouts. You get all six of your payouts of your picks right, $1 million. You get five right, you get 80 grand. You get four right, you get 16 grand. So you go in, you do your normal price picks, daily fantasy, player projection over-under type things. You put them in more you know, points, more or less. And you do that, put your six in. But if you get all six right and you're the lucky person that day, $1 bucks. Full details are found at pricepix.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million dollar entry. And once you opt in, all you're going to do is play the game like normal and you could be the lucky winner. Download the pricepix app, go to pricepix.com slash million, find the information. Sign up also, play daily fantasy sports. You can also get 100% instant deposit match with the promo code locked on up to 100 bucks. If you deposit 100, pricepix give you 100. If you get 50, they give you 50. Easy. Don't forget, enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 let's look at default Yahoo yuck but a lot of you play it some of you don't have a choice because you love playing Yahoo private or Yahoo public cash leagues Yahoo pro leagues I would suggest not playing those leagues in general and trying to find other communities Fantasy Basketball International runs a huge community of leagues with a lot more um, flexibility in the settings to avoid the nonsense that Yahoo puts out but you do play it and this is the standard playoff settings that we're going to look at. This is the settings that start the playoffs on the 13th of March and end them for no reason whatsoever, apart from they're lazy, on the 2nd of April. So who was the number one player during this time frame? Joel Embiid. He was second before these playoffs started. He was first here. DeMontis Sabonis went from 13th to second. Pretty good stuff. Did the Kings have a good schedule? They absolutely did. 12 games during this time frame. Well done. How about this one, though? How many of you would have gone, well, the Rockets have got 12 games during these fantasy playoffs, I'll load up on Rockets because cousin Kevin Porter Jr. was the third-ranked player in total values in these playoffs, in the Yahoo default playoffs. Now, last season, when I looked at playoff numbers, using my playoffs, one of the big standouts there was Shea Gilders-Alexander being ranked third. I went, ah, that's really bloody interesting. I'm not having the same faith in Kevin Porter that I did in Shea last season. But the fact that he was third here, played 12 games, is really, really intriguing. He was 68th heading into these playoffs, third in your fantasy playoffs. But again, you wouldn't have gone, well, the Rockets, they got a 4-4-4 during the fantasy playoffs. I know how the Rockets, they're just definitely not going to sit anyone because a lot of you would have gone, well, they're they're terrible. They'll be tanking from January for Victor Wembanyama, and they'll just sit everyone down the stretch. That is the common theme. Although the Rockets, of course, didn't do that. And they didn't do that the year before either. But that was the common thing. Whoever's bad will just never play anybody because is coming. So even though the Rockets have got a 4-4-4, I'm not going to draft those players. Cool. Steph Curry was fourth during this time frame. The Warriors had 11 games. I think you would have gone the opposite. The Warriors will probably be in a pretty strong spot. They're defending champs. 11 games is fine, but is Steph a priority because of this schedule? I don't know. He was drafted pretty high though. Devin Booker, again, just a huge run but this is on a strong schedule, 11 games. But you couldn't predict that Devin Booker, who entered this as 27th, would have no KD, no Miles Bridges, or no, not Miles Bridges, no McCaubridges, no Cam Johnson. they would just be him doing everything because we didn't know that that trade was going to happen and then Kevin Dant would come over and not play. Brandon Ingram was sixth. Jaron Jackson was seventh. Nikola Jokic was eighth. This is where the Jokic rests started coming in. But also, they only had 10 games. So, the Nuggets had 10 games during this time frame. Jokic played seven of them. And this is a guy that one of the big rationales, not only is he awesome, but he never misses games. Well, as I will always tell you, it's bullshit, right? People can get hurt at any point. And then the more we push where we are here, towards the end of the season, when you're comfortably sitting in the one seat, he's at a calf problem, he's not going to play every game. And you can't it's very hard to predict that. You can't. It's not very hard. It's, it's literally impossible to predict how the standings are going to look, how far ahead they're going to be, and whether Jokic is going to have an injury. You can't do it. It's impossible. He was still good, though. Don't get me wrong. Shea was 9th. Fred VanVleet was 10th. Tyrese Maxey was 11th. What? And DeMar DeRozan was 12th. So a few little surprise names jumping into the top 12 there. Ingram, probably a little bit of a surprise. Kevin Porter, a huge surprise. Tyrese Maxey, a massive surprise. Everyone else been pretty strong for big chunks of the season. All right, let's look at the rest of the top 20. Where did they fare during these pl- playoffs? Well, Kevin Durant, of course, 222nd. That's actually, that. that's a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. He was injured. We, we don't know much about that. Damian Lillard, though, he was the sixth-ranked player. 154th. The shutdown was on. Not good. Anthony Davis went from 7th to 16th, fine. Tatum from 8th to 14th, fine. James Harden, ninth to 122nd. you remember in my fantasy playoffs, James Harden was a top 12 player. And then the injury crept up. Now, that's got nothing really to do with dates. That's just that he got injured. But just shows the variation. Luka Doncic was 39th. He was 10th heading into this. That was an ankle problem. No, not Nothing to do with the, the fake injury at the end of the season, really, there. Halliburton, though, was 11th and on a per-game basis before these playoffs started. And he was 266th in your Yahoo standard playoffs because they tanked. And they sat him with a fake injury. Yeah, Kyrie was 29th. LeBron was 198th. This was him returning from injury. As I said before, Donovan Mitchell, he was 15th heading into his 52nd. He just was old Donovan Mitchell. Basically all through the fantasy playoffs. The guy that was 40th to 50th. He, after a red hot start, he just cooled way off. Nothing to do with tanking or injuries or nothing. He just cooled off. Jimmy Butler was 16th. Heading into these playoffs, he ended up 34th during this time frame because the Heat went down to nine games only. So, playoff schedule did have an impact there. It pushed Sabonis and Porter up. It pushed Jimmy Butler down. I think that's fair enough to say. Um, Kawhi Leonard was 40th after heading into this as 17th. The Clippers had an okay schedule, though, 10 games. That was just... I think Kawhi missed a game there. Trey Young, was who'd been pretty good the prior two weeks, was 63rd during this time frame with 10 games. It's not, not a bad schedule. It's not a great one. And then Towns, of course, who was 20th ranked player per game at this point in the season. He was 215th. This was when he was coming back from his injury, though. So, yeah, that's nothing to do with schedules or anything like that. But this is where we start to get a little bit worrying again. Who are the guys that really stepped up into the top 30? Who were outside the top 50 prior to the fantasy playoff starting? The Bronco, Jalen Williams, went from 84th to eighteen. Not a tanking thing, nothing like that. Onyeka Okongwu went from 112th to 22nd. Just he played well. Can't do much about that. Kyle Anderson, 98th to 23rd. He was just amazing during this stretch. That was with Towns back, some of it. He just played well. Valentunas, 91st to 24th. Bit fluky. We know that. They just, for some reason, started pumping minutes into him at this point. And Evan Mobley went for 61st to 25th. That's nothing major there. But what is major is the list of tanking players who pushed into the top 100. TJ McConnell was 58th. Shaden Sharp with 62nd, Andrew Nembhard, 87th, Aaron Neesmith, 91st, Drew Eubanks, 95th, Dylan Brooks, 99th. I don't know why I wrote Dylan Brooks there. I didn't mean to write Dylan Brooks in that spot. That is completely uh, false of me. So that was silly. Why, who did I mean to write there instead of Dylan Brooks? Um, it was meant to be Jordan Wara at 99. Maybe I must have had uh, shiploaks on the brain. Uh, that was Jordan Nuora at 99 and Denny Avdia. This is when Beal was out and this is when um, Kuzma was out, that we had Denny Avdia step up to be the 100th best player. During this time frame, so tanking, you got seven blokes jumped into the top 100 who wouldn't be there if it wasn't for fake injuries and fake tanking. As you can see, it gets worse each each week we go further into the season, which again is obvious, but it's good to have some numbers on it. Um, Let's look at the insane people who went through to the end of the regular season. These playoffs started on the 20th of March and ended on the 9th of April. This was jam-packed schedules; only two teams had nine-game weeks. We had five teams play 12 game periods. Ingram was the number one player for the fantasy playoffs if he ended the regular season as the Pelicans pushed amazingly hard to get themselves into a strong position. Didn't work, but he was number one. Embiid was number two, interestingly. Anthony Davis, number three. Avoiding Anthony Davis for injuries and then he missed a big chunk of the season and comes through and you know, is a real sort of league winner type playoff performer. Jaron Jackson, four. Steph, five. Trey Murphy, six. Yeah, What? Six, that's huge. He's going to get overdrafted next season. Vooch, seventh. The Bulls were fighting for their spot as well. Nick Claxton, eighth. They really were, again, pushing to keep out of the plane. Siakam, ninth. Doncic, tenth. So Doncic was tenth, despite all of the hullabaloo around the fake injuries and sitting to tank. He still was tenth. In these fantasy players. Now, this is a couple of things. A, that the hullabaloo, while justified from a competitive nature standpoint, I get all that, I get all that, is a bit annoying. But it also shows that there were so many other players missing games that his missed games didn't actually impact him that much. Because so many other guys missed time during this three-week period that him missing a couple of games, it's also why uh, Trey Murphy and Brandon Ingram were able to push up because they didn't miss time. And they had, what, 11 games. So they played them all down this stretch and put up big numbers because everyone else was sitting one to two games or three games or four games or whatever over this three-week period that Doncic missing those games didn't hurt at all. Sabonis ended up 11th and Shea ended up 12th. I think Shea played all of those games. Sabonis missed one maybe down the stretch. But the next list is where we get a little bit more information. It's the top 20 players who I haven't mentioned already where they finished in the fantasy playoffs if you went to the end of the season. Jokic was 65th. That's what kills you because he just sat a bunch of games because they were that everything was wrapped up. You'll notice that Jokic was like third, first, or third, second, second through the other playoff periods. 65th if you go this far. Bad. Durant, mate, well, injury, 157th. Lillard, 360th, obviously ridiculous because he didn't play hard 139th. He was battling the injury. Tatum, 34th. He missed games down the stretch. They were locked in. He missed some time. Um, Halliburton again the tank 290th Kilger Irving 25th missed a couple of games but that's not a big drop Jimmy Butler 76th now the Heat only had 9 games here so they had the great playoff schedule early bad one late and he was playing through all of that LeBron was 36th so this is when he was returning Kawhi 20th the Clippers had 10 games that's intermediate playoff schedule but Kawhi playing down the stretch Donovan Mitchell 35th. Pozingas, 85th, missed games here. Remember how good he was? And then they started to sit him down the stretch here. Trey Young, 45th, he missed a couple of games down the stretch. And Carl Anthony Towns 83rd while well, he was returning from injury. But let's look at some of the players who really jumped up during this time frame. Emmanuel Quickly was 13th. Now that's not a tanking thing. That's because Julius Randle was injured, but it's still a random name, but we can't hold that against him. He went from 137th to 13th. Kevin Porter was 15th, not an injury, not a tanking thing. Kelly Olenek, this one is. Now, a lot of people would have avoided drafting Olenek because they thought they would shut him down and tank. They didn't. They just shut down markaden And Olenek was 17th. So he was 79th. He still was a rosterable player. So it's not like you got this huge benefit of adding a guy free off the waiver wire, but that jump is significant. Valentunis, we've talked about a million times. Quentin Grimes went from 206 to 21st. What a wild thing. Your playoffs haven't started and Quentin Grimes 206 per game and then he's the 21st best player during the playoffs. But that's a Randall injury thing. Also, there was Brunson injured at points in there as well. Okongwu went 97th to 22nd, but here's a big one. Chris Dunn goes from, he was a 72nd per game guy, but he was 22nd or 23rd during these fantasy playoffs because they just sacked guys. Sexton was out. Uh, Markner was out. Kessler was out. Bunch of guys were out. Draymond, 65th down to 24th. But what is one of the most interesting things here? Trey Jones was the 27th best player. And we all criticized the Spurs for sitting guys continually and how bad they were down the stretch. Trey Jones was 27th in total value for these playoffs going to the last day of the regular season. I could not believe that when I saw it. He was the only guy they really played through. And the Bronco went from 80th to 28th. But I've got a long list of names who stepped up and impacted the fantasy playoffs all through fakeness. Shaden Sharp was 39th over this period. Andrew Nempard was 61st. Svima Hailuk was 64th. TJ McConnell was 68th. Benedict Matherin was 69th. Kater Bates Diop was 70th. Sandra Mamakalishvili was 73rd. Drew Eubanks was 75th. And Jordan Goodwin was 94th. That's not great to have, what, another 10 top 100 players just randomly thrown into the mix that can influence fantasy playoffs and championships because of uh, fake injuries and shutdowns and rests and all that sort of stuff. Look, Jokic wasn't shut down, but he rest games and went from first to 65th. So many of those examples during that timeframe of just you know Tatum missing two, three games. Just everyone missing that little bit of time. There's always going to be variations. As you saw when you looked at my playoff dates, the first one we did, is that there are players who will go from 60th to 20th. And there are players who have 8th will go to 50th. That's just the way stuff happens. But the variance and the randomness, I believe, just increases so much more each week that you push on that I really don't see any justification in changing my thoughts on how you should run the fantasy playoffs. So how should you run the fantasy playoffs? Well, I don't know the exact dates yet, but it's going to be around that finish around March 18th. And I believe there is, what's the year? Uh, yeah, I think next year's a leap year. So it'll probably end up being end around March 16th. Now, there is a possibility that the NBA season ends up pushing back maybe and instead of ending the season on April 7th, they ended April 14th. But whatever it is, we're going to aim for that same sort of time frame. So we want to cut out those final three to four weeks of the season. Right? That, that's, that's how we want to do it in general. And I think, and I think I've been—that's been proven here most of it—that that's where you get the best results. So you do—you miss the final three full weeks of the regular season. I think that gives you the best fantasy playoff results. I'm going to do a show later this week about other settings. I think we need to do, but I'm not changing my mind on this. I've been telling—I've been having this date for about three to four years. This is the time to do it, where we get a best representation. Injuries can't control. them. Best representation though of the good players and their roles and not shenanigans in minutes and random games off and fake injuries. Doesn't really impact you. Maybe one to two players. Maybe maybe one to two. And that's it. And I think also that the impact of fantasy of fantasy playoff schedule is a lot lower. Again, that's not that wasn't the purpose of this, but the impact of the schedule was a lot lower than I think people who place that importance on it in draft time would suggest. So, I think you marginalize a lot of the frustration by just ending at this point. Ending at week 21. I think That's probably going to be your ideal spot to end your fantasy playoffs. And then a lot of your problems won't be there. Guys, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.